Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. This is Oilers the second hour brought to you by our dental sponsor Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Digitex now in Winnipeg, now in Saskatchewan, multiple locations throughout the province of Alberta, and now in Kelowna and Gallops. Kelowna Rockets making a big deal splash for the upcoming uh, Memorial Cup. They host it. They picked up a kid named uh, Matthew Wedman from the Seattle Thunderbirds. They're not done. Could see them adding a 20-year-old defenseman at some point, too. Hmm. Uh, we will tell you, you can reach us at any time on our River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. That is also the number of our new Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors has more for your floor. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Brendan is at Brendan Escott. Uh, Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Mark Spector is at Sportsnet Spec. We will tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. As we bring aboard Sportsnet's Mark Spector for the horses. Horse Racing Alberta presenting live standard bread racing every Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Here up at the 8th floor at Rogers Place, and Speck's got his hands in his own pockets. Because it's a little bit nippy up here, isn't it, Miley? Like, yeah, chilly. they're trying to make uh, some good ice is, I guess, what they're doing. Uh, I always blame Dan Craig at moments like this. I think it's all his fault that these buildings are all freezing now. Yeah. Um, certainly. Uh, I'll tell you something. Like, just so That's a nice style in Sportsnet. Uh, uh, a little downfield jacket. Down, oh, yeah, that's nice-looking coats. The back. scouts all have these sort of downfield vests they wear underneath their suit jackets now. It's a new yeah. look for Scouts because all the buildings are cold. And the further south you go, you go, Bob. Yeah. Arizona's freezing. Florida's yeah. freezing. They're cold down Carolina, there. Carolina, that tunnel in Carolina. Carolina's cold. Like, it's just what they do to make good ice, and we respect that because it's about the ice, and it's not about us freezing, but we do freeze. <laughs> That's uh, When the place is empty like this, it's cold. After game five in that tunnel, 
That's where I almost knocked all the media down. I don't, do you remember? Uh, it's too long ago, Bob. Chris, I don't remember anything from 2006. I had uh, Chris Pronger was behind me once in a Starbucks line uh, near my place, so I bought him the coffee, never said anything. Went in after the Oilers lost game four at home in the playoff series that year, oh. and I'm thinking, oh, I'm the last guy they want to see right away, and he's like, comes right up to me. <laughs> I just lost game four in the Stanley Cup. It's like, Hey, thanks for the coffee. Thanks for the coffee, man. I'm like <laughs> looking at him like, I, he goes, what? We'll be back here for game Dude, don't six. Don't worry. Yeah. So then they go well, and win in game five. Remember Pisani scored in overtime yeah. in game five? Sure. And we, and we scrummed him right in that tunnel. And Pro- oh, I don't and, remember that. No. And Pronger came by and he two-handed me right across the Achilles tendon, like just with a stick. Oh yeah, yeah real good, good for that. Like like a love tap, like not a like just <laughs> just a little jab, right? Just yeah. the one that you got to kind of laugh at because it's funny, right? Like even if it hurts, it it yes. yeah, it, it's but he was like he was that guy. He Pronger's was a fun and, guy and to I, have in your hockey team. All right, and I'm gonna bring that up because there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of life, and he brought some energy when yes. he was here. Uh, in the media, like he would go to the media, you have the first question today. And there was, that was, you know. Uh, yeah, he would, there was a lot of repartee, but more so, I mean, to apply it to now, you're right. You know, having a veteran, confident guy in the room that's got some life, he'll spar with the media a bit. And you know who's that? He's not quite Chris Pronger, but the version of that on this team is Mike Smith. Mike yeah. Smith is very confident. Yeah. And if you ask him a stupid question it comes flying right back at you uh you? <laughs> which is fine i've asked lots of stupid questions what did uh, you always say to me bob sometimes you got to ask a stupid question to get a really good answer sometimes you do uh, and sometimes it's just because you're asking but i stupid think questions. his confidence in his swagger we talked about this the other day right his swagger i think it's helped this team a lot i really have a lot of respect for tip at bringing that player into this room yeah hey uh okay so there's a guy coming into town tonight he's one of the three best defensemen in the world he plays with swagger. He's a yep. confident guy. Uh, he did a pretty good job against Connor McDavid and the Oilers in L.A. earlier this or yes. late last month. Him and Kopitar. Drew Doughty. He had some interesting things to say. Now, I'm getting prepping for the show. What exactly did he say, Mark? Well, he talked uh, quite a bit about playing against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and how he loves it. Him and Kopitar love the challenge, and he absolutely looks forward to it. And it's, he says, me and Kopi, we'll give up points. We'll go tonight and have no points if we can shut those guys down. We're happy to do it because, as everybody knows, as he points out, you know, those two guys are in on almost all the scoring. So if you shut them off the scoreboard, you probably beat Edmonton. And, he actually uh, said he liked playing here? He said, I like playing here at Edmonton. I enjoy the challenge. Uh, and I said, you got a good thing going here in Alberta. Like, you got McDavid up here in Edmonton. You got Kachuk in Calgary. He says, ah. He says, I don't care for playing in Calgary. I don't care for their media. <laughs> that's what he said. And he says, you know the thing I like about Calgary? I like winning in Calgary. He says, that's really fun to win in Calgary. <laughs> wow. Interesting <laughs> yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's a, I like Drew Doughty, man. He's a, he really, he's another guy. He'll talk hockey with you. He'll let you in a little bit. Like he talked about, he says, I haven't been the fourth man on a rush here forever. I can't remember the last time. I got to get better at that. I got to get out of the zone and join the rush more. Lots of guys that never give you that sort of thing, like are, it's a you strategy know, or something. All right, so are we seeing a little bit different? Like, I mean, Timo Solani, Shane Doan, Sergei Fedorov's back. 
going back, Wayne Gretzky going back 30 years ago okay. now. Those guys would give you a lot of time. There was a responsibility that came with it. Is it something that happens with age or are we a different area? You know, I mean, I'm guilty of having my head in the phone too much looking at it on Twitter. You know, my, my yep. wife belittles me all the time for it. I'm like, well, you know, it's because I talk all day, Kath. I don't want to talk when I go home. But seriously, like, are we seeing a slightly different uh, modern player today? Yeah. Uh, two things to your question. Generally, the best athlete, if from an interview perspective, is the older athlete because they've been around, they're confident. They, they know that nothing stupid is about to come out of their mouth that's going to get them in trouble because yeah. they've done it for a while. So, yes, Bob, guys like Drew Doughty been around. He's very confident. Uh, but I will say to you that the younger athlete is uh, not as good an interview today as the younger athlete used to be. I think because of all of the social media. I mean, literally, if Connor McDavid were to say something interesting, whether it be positive or negative or smart or not smart, before you leave the dressing room, it's on Twitter and it's around the world in 30 seconds. So that wasn't the case with Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky could, you know what used to happen in the old days? If he'd say something really controversial or some player would, you know, they'd think about it. They'd say, I don't like that quote. They'd come out of the room. They'd find you. They'd say, Spec, you know what? I'd like to reshape that quote a little bit. So they would, and it wasn't going in the paper till tomorrow, Bob. Yeah. Right? So out of respect, quite often, you would say, sure, take another run at that. But that's, those days are gone, pal. Those days are we gone. We have Wayne on the show today at 135, by the way, uh, Wayne from the Edmonton operation. And he did make one controversial statement about New Jersey. When Ronnie Lowe got lit up that night, sure. right? called him Mickey Mouse. Called him Mickey Mouse. And that one stuck with him for a yeah. long time. And he was mad because his friend got lit up and they kept him in yeah, there. It did. And they cared about Ronnie Lowe. That's the type of... But he yeah. was a guy... Like, to me, Mark, Wayne goes out of his... And, and I have a theory on this. And I want you to hear me through. Okay? okay? Let's hear it. Wayne, like, you see Connor and you're like, holy crap, that might be the fastest, most skilled player I've ever seen. Like, yeah. right? like when you're watching him, you're like, I don't know if we've he just ever jumps seen. off the page. Right, like, yeah. right. Whereas with Wayne, there was a little, oh, he's not that, oh, wait till he goes to the NHL, right? And you had the ink-stained wretches of those eras in the late 70s and early 80s, and they had a bigger voice. The papers had a bigger voice oh, back sure. then, right? For sure. And some of those guys were, oh, he's going to get eaten up. But what did Wayne do? Wayne embraced those guys, and yep. it was nice to those guys. He was never rude to those guys. Nope. Because he, he you know, he, he. Wayne held court in every building across the league. Right. Much like Drew Doughty does, But frankly. he didn't have... Like, the thing about Wayne is he kind of did have to prove it a bit. And with Connor, you know, it, it, if it, you could take a person who's never watched a hockey game and go, that guy's pretty good. It's kind of like watching Lamar Jackson right now if the Ravens play quarterback. Sure. Right? You're like, man, that guy he sits there in the pocket, but when he decides to take off and run, he's the fastest he, guy in the field. He's an overtly exciting player. You don't need to know anything about football to know that he's a fabulous player, and, and Connor the same with hockey. Was Wayne more subtle, his skills? Yes, but five points on the score sheet or five points on the score sheet, Bob. It didn't take Wayne long. I think the difference took a was, year. Took a year yeah. for everybody in the NHL to realize. Okay, the difference was because of today's world. We all know who Connor McDavid was when he walked up to the draft table, or or years before being on the World Junior Team. When Wayne Gretzky played in the World Junior Team in 1977, he too was the best player in the tournament. There's only one problem: in the Montreal Forum, there's like 5,000 people watching the games, right. and they weren't on TV. Connor McDavid played in two World Juniors. Every single game was on TV. He was a huge deal before he even showed up at the draft table. And Gretzky, frankly, was never drafted. So 
There you go. We were talking. <laughs> we were talking amongst the uh, media just during the morning skate today, and it, we were talking about the play where David at the post against Ottawa. Yeah, through five guys. Right. Did you see the still on that? Yeah. The still shot of yeah. him in the middle of five guys. And I brought it up because <laughs> of the coach DJ Smith because Connor made a play against uh, Brendan. You can maybe tweet it out today if you want. He set up a goal against Oshawa. And Oshawa won the Memorial Cup that year. They beat Drysaddle Memorial Cup. They beat McDavid in the OHL final. Okay. McDavid was still named the MVP of the OHL playoffs that year. Yes. And uh, he made a play where he beat. They had it perfectly defended, and he beat all five players to give an open net look. You know, and I'm He's like, still doing that in the NHL. Yeah, he did it to Ottawa. It's, it's, Walked through five guys. It's remarkable. The, the, that still frame shot, I'll bet you Jack Cookson will be selling it one day soon. Uh, he's in the middle of five players. There's six players in the zone. Five of them are, six of them are Ottawa Senators, including the goalie. And Connor McDavid's in the middle of them all. And he would emerge from that pack and hit a post, had the goalie beat. Like, who does that, man? Yeah, who does that? We're lucky to watch it. <laughs> this will be a fun game tonight with Drew Doughty. When we come back, we're going to talk about a little bit different thing, though, that's going on with the Oilers. I mean, let's face it. They uh, they had a good start to the year. 5-0. and Edmonton is... Yep. They're 12-10-3 since. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They're living off that start. Taking a little bit of water on, and they're getting drilled five on five. That'll be our conversation point when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, it's time to go to our injury report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Jim Brown, a... Uh, Former member of the Edmonton Oil Kings before he had his career uh, derailed uh, due to an accident. Pretty sure uh, Trent Brown's grandfather actually represented Canada in the Olympics as well back in like the 19... I'm thinking the 1940s, maybe. Uh, Maybe the 50s. All right, we bring aboard Brendan Escott. What do you got? All right, Bob. Well, bad news for Toronto Maple Leafs fans, none of whom I expect to be listening to our show, but Andreas Janssen landed on long-term injury reserved uh, with a leg injury that he suffered against Colorado this week. He did have 16 points and 30 games. will now miss a few weeks at the very least. Habs forward Jesperi Kokoniemi was concussed on a hit from oh. Nikita Zadorov last night. Uh, he did not make the trip to New York for tonight's game, as anybody who would see that, had seen that play rather, probably figured. Uh, the LA Kings, without Alec Martinez, He's on the IR with a lacerated wrist that happened back in late November. They've been out uh, without uh, Gabe Velarde and Derek Forbett, um, each of them with back ailments all season long. The Oilers still missing Ryan Nugent Hopkins with a hand injury. 
excuse me, Matt Benning with a concussion. Zach Cassian remains out with that back issue. Yeah, just on uh, regarding uh, Velarde, he has returned now. He's playing for Ontario. This is a guy that won a uh, Memorial Cup championship playing with Rocky Thompson in Windsor. Oh, now i got to remember the year. 2017, last year, Chris Knobloch was in the area. They beat him in the final 4-3. Uh, there you have it. Uh, that is our injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. L.A. is in an interesting spot here. Uh, Mark Spector. Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing. Alberta live racing Fridays and Saturday nights out at Century Mile. Alex Turcott, who, by the way, is having a tough year plus-minus-wise, but a strong offensive uh, prospect. Fifth pick in the draft, playing for Wisconsin right now. They had Bjornfoot here at the start of the year. Here's down on the farm. Uh, Arthur Kaliev is leading the OHL in goal scoring right now. He's a talented Russian player that's got 28 goals. Kupari, this, back to Pugliarvi here. Kupari was in Carpat last year, put up real good numbers. Rasmus Kupari Mm -hmm. has got uh, seven points in 22 games in the AHL to start his pro career. Bit of an adjustment for him as well, and then the aforementioned Velarde. So they got basically five for, uh, I guess technically Kaliev's a second-round pick, but they got a lot of talent that's coming. Uh, they're going to be moving some bodies out. They really are a team in transition, aren't they, Mark? Yeah, they for sure are. They're paying the price for having won some cups, frankly, and they've got some older players on some bigger contracts uh, that aren't, you know, quite the players they were, and they also traded away some draft picks and, and really stalled their development a little bit over those years. Uh, and now this is the void that follows here in the cap system, Bob. We see it in Chicago. We see it in L.A. Uh, this is the bubble in the developmental hose <laughs> that follows a you know a run of championships. Uh, Todd McClellan knew what he was getting into. That's the first thing he told me when I talked to him when he went there was uh, they're paying the price for those cups and uh, starting at the bottom and trying to figure it out, Bob. All right. For Edmonton, uh, they're trying to be, get back in the playoff mix. And obviously, they've had a, today's the first day they're not in first place in the Pacific Division. Yeah, all year pretty much. Eh? Mark, Edmonton's first and second in the league in the power play. They've been unbelievable. Uh, first and first in the power play, second in PK. The special teams have been fantastic. Yep. Are you concerned about the team's 5-on-5 five five play? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the depth scoring has been a bit of an issue, and, and more so, uh, I'm going to say, more so defensively 5-on-5, five five, yeah. Bob. We've watched in the three uh, segments here, uh, the 10-game segments, the the goals for have been pretty much the same. The goals against are starting to go up, like by five every 10 games, you know, half a goal a game. So uh, they need to show that, you know, we watched them play some good defensive hockey early in the year, and we said, ha, they got this thing figured out, and they got to get back to that. Adam Larson uh, paired the other night with Oscar Kleppbaum today. He's gonna tonight. He's gonna play with Chris Russell. They're gonna be in a defined defensive uh, role in the game. Uh, they're gonna try. It's pretty obvious they're gonna play. They're gonna continue to play Nurse and Bear in the PK, but also they're gonna play Russell and Larson, which keeps Kleppbaum off the penalty kill, which yeah. lightens his minutes a bit. Don't mind that. Um, you know, like with, with with Larson, do we have to? Obviously, we have to factor in the injury. He was out for six weeks. Oh, that's the whole deal. But the game has moved away from his type of player. Uh, but that's yes. At this, put it this yes. way: in the regular season, yes. in the playoffs, you still need that grind. And yes, but I think we're seeing that you still need solid penalty killing to succeed. It's surely helping Edmonton. I, I'm not here to have a discussion that says. You know, the questions whether a guy like Adam Larson can play in the league right now. He's still a good player. Oh, no, he can play in the league. Him. But they you need... can't have five of them. Right. You can't have five of them, but you can't have five Ethan Bears either. No. You know, like look at Toronto. Toronto is missing players that play the way Adam Larson plays. They can't beat anybody that pushes back. They, right. They, you know, so 
you got to give Adam Larson time, man. We've seen this how many times, Bob? We saw it with Sam Gagne with a jaw, broken jaw, missed camp at the start of the season, never caught up. We saw it with Willie Nylander in Toronto last year, missed on a contract dispute start of the year, never caught up. Didn't Eberle have a shoulder one yes, year? Yes, right. Never start. caught up. Yeah. It's hard to catch up, man. It's yeah. hard to catch up. If you want to have Adam Larson at his best in February and March, which you do, you got to suck it up and let him play right now. When you're sitting there turning chances, Adam Larson is not – that's not his game. His game, like tonight, I think the Oilers have, like Adam Larson against Vancouver with, you know, and he and Kleppbaum were good that night. Again, they're broken up tonight. Those guys were a major part of the reason why the Oilers got that victory. Yep. The Oilers locked it down. That's Adam Larson's game. And Edmonton yep. might have to win a road-style game tonight at home at Rogers Place without Nugent Hopkins and Cassian, who could very likely be in against Buffalo. Yeah, I think Cassian's got a decent shot. I sure didn't get an impression from Nugent Hopkins yesterday that he felt he was ready for Sunday. But you know what? The doctors may tell you different. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Bob. The Oilers need to start to play, uh, s- figure out that boring hockey a little bit because they've been an exciting team lately and they're playing 500 hockey. Uh, sometimes you got to win something 2-1 once in a while. Maybe a shutout here and there wouldn't hurt. Yeah, well, they've had that out. And, and they've also, you know, their goaltenders have seen their safety percentages plummet a bit too here, because right? Because the chances are stronger. The yeah. chances are. I, I'm not thinking... Though Koskinen that, would tell you the first and second goals okay. the other night, that, you know... But the, bad the, goals have been pretty rare here. Yeah. Bad goals where you go, ooh, that smelled. Like the two Koskinen, well, that's very rare this And season. Smith gave up, he, he'd probably tell you, I'd say one, but he'd probably say two in L.A. as well earlier, uh, yeah, three weeks, two three, weeks ago. That's three weeks ago, but generally speaking, I think we've seen the quality of opposition chance rise here. It's been a better chance lately, yeah. and that's why your save percentage is down, in my opinion. How hard do you want, uh, or well, not you personally? Actually, we'll we'll go down a different path here because I was going to ask you. You know, should Ken Holland be super active right now to try to? I, I think for the Oilers, the short term is getting back. Uh, uh, we'll save the trade talk discussion for Tuesday. We'll see what transpires over the course of uh, tonight's game and Sunday's game. Just speaking about Ken Holland, he he dressed uh, the stuff involving Mike Babcock. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Chelios and Elliot Friedman wrote it as well in 31 Thoughts. What's that called? An acronym when you got a, a t- uh, out of time, out of place in terms of sequencing of events and that sort of thing? Right. Yeah. Um, Chelios made a bit of a mistake there, but not, especially given the fact that Chelios was in management with the Red Wings, yeah. uh, right, for uh, a brief period. Tell me this uh, how'd you think that that went like? You, know, you were there. You were part. You were one of those guys that would have wanted the, the the general manager to speak in that situation, given that Mike Babcock was his former coach, and the yeah. two incidents as it, well. One was not an incident. One was just the players saying we don't like this. Marty McSorley went on Sharks TV and said they don't like the coach. I want the coach fired. And then it got back to some of the writers in Detroit who approached Holland, and that's when right. he talked uh, to, to his team. To his team. Give me your perception of how you thought Holland uh, handled things. Well, the way the hockey world's going right now, you have to stand up to these things. Ken Holland, having presided over that Detroit team that had Babcock for all those years, uh, and then Chelios comes out and says some stuff, you know, with some mental abuse of uh, Johan Franzen in particular. Franzen spoke from Sweden. Uh, in Ken Holland's role here, the worst thing he can do is say, I'm not talking about it. I'm, I'm hiding from it. Can't do it. Right, he's a transparent guy. He comes out. He addressed it all. Uh, he said, "There's, I didn't know of anything untowards. Everything we could think of asking him, we asked him. You know, he was asked, is there anything happening with Babcock or anyone else in Detroit that you regret that you knew about then? That you know?'" And he said, "No, 
I didn't know about how bad it was for Franson, perhaps. I don't think he realized, uh, maybe no one realized, you know, yeah. how much mental anguish Johan Franson was under. He said uh, there was a blow-up on the bench between Babcock and Franson, and he spoke to Franson in an exit interview two days later and addressed it. And, you know, so anyway, I guess what I'm saying was uh, I applaud the GM for not hiding from it. He came out, he answered for it, and uh, now there's no reason not to, you know, from Ken Holland to move on from it. Mark, great stuff. You'll join us on uh, Tuesday. It'll be a game day. Edmonton will be taken on Carolina. Yes, sir. That'll be fun. I always like when Carolina comes in. There's always they're a fast, quick team, Bob. They're fun to watch. Not quite sure how Wayne Gretzky is going to feel about uh, having to uh, ride in on, on the shoes of your appearance on this show. I mean, to, to, to match Tough up. act to follow, tell yeah. Gretz. Yeah, uh, do the best you can, but I understand. Off to a global <laughs> news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.